Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wissota. Sarah Yacoub of the Monaco Brewing Company Super Pack is on the Mississippi River. And up on Lake Monaco is Kirk Bangstead of the Monaco Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome. You're up north. Hello and welcome to the Up North Podcast. I'm Kirk Bankstad. Pat Kreitlow is here too, along with Sarah Yacoub. And uh, we are chock full of guests and information this week. We are all over the most important job of 2022, which is democracy protection, whether you live up north or any place else in these United States while they are still united. Let's try to keep the democracy together, shall we? It starts with having Congressman Mark Pocan on to tell us why this Wisconsin congressman is asking the United States Attorney General to investigate the 10 people in Wisconsin who fraudulently tried to pass themselves off as presidential electors as part of that multi-state effort for uh, Donald Trump's gang to incite a coup. And then we talked to State Senator Jeff Smith, who serves on the Senate Elections Committee, to discuss what Republicans are still doing to amplify the big lie and undermine public confidence in fair elections. But first, before we go uh, along with our awesome show, with our awesome guests, uh, I wanted to do a personal thank you to uh, anybody listening uh, on the radio tonight or uh, folks that were going to catch it on the podcast next week. Anybody who donated to the Monaco Brewing Company Super Pack to be able to allow us to play uh, our anti-gerrymandering commercial in the, in the Wausau media market. I just wanted to thank you. We were able to do it. It played, and uh, I think it might have been the highlight of the game for me. I think <laughs> it, was it was the highlight that, for a lot of people. It <laughs> was to watch that commercial because it showed, it, it, it told, told a lot of people in the Northwoods that they need to be blaming Republicans for rigging, rigging maps yet again for the next 10 years. Well, it was great. It was great to get that out there and to see you and Sarah and uh, Kristen Lyerly and some other folks on the TV uh, still putting putting your voice out there. Um, I'm, I'm sure that that actually made more than a, a few people happy in your respective parts of the state to know that you're still staying active that way, uh, just in case they didn't already know they could you know catch you here every Wednesday evening. And it was probably the highlight of the weekend. Um, because that game was everything I uh, said last week that I was afraid that it was going to be. So uh, now we get to spend, I don't know how long saying, Oh, is Aaron Rodgers done? Is he going to retire? Is he going to be <laughs> traded? And there are 7,000 other radio shows you can listen to right now for speculation on that. This will not be one of them. Exactly. I'm like Pat, we can't even start talking about this because every other radio show in the entire state is talking about all this stuff right now too, as well as all the memes that were hilarious about anti-vaxxing and Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, you know, you can only play with the word "shot" so many times. Oh no, it, it turns out you're wrong. You can play with it limitless times to to do that. And uh, Sarah, you're close enough to the uh, to the river over there to know that uh, the people in that flat land to the west of you were were all very happy to see the the Packers go down. You know, as a Vikings fan, I felt a little dirty being a 49ers fan, but I, I'm going to go with it. That's <laughs> so nice, it nice of you to throw away all the goodwill that you've built up all this time with oh, that confession. Sarah, so. you just made you just made tons oh, of friends on our tons I of friends know. on our radio show today. <laughs> <laughs> um, one one more note of uh, things in the news because it's new today, Wednesday, as we tape the show. 
And that is that U.S. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer has announced that he's going to be retiring at the end of this session. And it leads to the other parlor game. If you don't want to play what's happening with Aaron Rodgers, now we get to play all over again. Will Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, you know, go along with Joe Biden's pick or will they muck it all up? And so we, we get to play that game for a bit, I, I sense. Um, oh, no. We got to worry about Manchin and Cinema for the Supreme Court it's, justice, it's, too? I doubt it, but, you know, it's, it's always possible. So, hey, when we come back, we'll switch gears. Congressman Mark Pocan on the need to put more investigatory firepower behind the plot to seat fake, seat fake electors and steal the 2020 presidential election. You're up north. You lie like a priceless Persian the way you lie. Way to go, Pat. We have a theme. Lying songs this week. The way you lie. Pat, so so Congressman Pocan, we'll introduce you in a second, but but Pat and I have started making it a competition on who could play the most apropos music leading into our uh, leading into our segments. So uh, so that was a pretty good one, Pat. I have thank to say. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um so we're we're going to get into something we should have uh, that should have received uh, more attention a long time ago, but uh, at least people are finally becoming more aware of the plot to steal a presidential election. It wasn't a fluke, and it wasn't some seat of the pants effort by amateurs like we we used to think, Sarah. And the more we're learning, the more we're seeing reports that the organization of fake Trump electors was coordinated well within the Trump campaign. So while uh, state officials and even local prosecutors have been asked to look into the matter. Our next guest believes it should be high up on the to-do list of one Merrick Garland, Attorney General of the United States. So Congressman Mark Pocan does join us now, and it's nice to have you here, Congressman. Thank you. Hey, thanks uh, very much for having me. Glad to be here. So uh, we will get to, let's start right with the, 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 the liars, the people who fraudulently turned in a, a you know, certificate saying that Donald Trump had, had won Wisconsin, which again, when it first happened, um, people didn't know it was happening in, in all these other states. And as it, it's become better known, um, you showed some leadership uh, on behalf of the Badger State by asking the US Attorney General to get involved. Um, tell the audience why you think it rises to that level and, and what your hope and expectation would be for that. Sure. Well, you know, I think everyone focuses on what happened on January 6th of 2021. Clearly, we saw the visuals. It wasn't a normal tourist day at the Capitol, like some Republicans say. It's nothing that Ron Johnson says. It is, uh, you saw it with your own eyes. It was a violent uh, attempt to try to overthrow the election results. And, you know, everyone focuses on that. But what they forgot is there was also maybe not a, a violent uh, attempt at a coup, but there was a shady legal work document attempt in seven states. And now we know that it is coordinated by the Trump campaign, by Rudy Giuliani himself. And we've heard that from electors, these fake electors in states. And I'll, I'll be honest, at first, I didn't think much about it, Pat. I, I was thinking about you know what we went through on January 6th and we all saw those visuals, but fortunately people in my district kept bringing it up. And finally, I'm like, look, we got to deal with this. And when I saw the action in Milwaukee County that the county uh, district attorney wasn't going to go after it, I'm like, well, this is a federal issue. We need to go after these electors because if you don't, they will do this and other things next time. They'll continue to have an insurrection with a, a legal maneuver uh, rather than uh, the violence that we saw. So it's imperative we do this. We have to make sure people know their vote counts. We can't let uh, 10 people uh, changed the votes of 3.3 million 
people in Wisconsin. And uh, that's why, you know, I, I still think Josh Collins should look at this as well as our state attorney general, but clearly the, the federal uh, Department of Justice has to get involved. So I'm, I'm completely with you, Congressman. Um, so, I mean, I, I didn't, I'm just like every other Wisconsinite, I didn't even know this happened until it was on Rachel Maddow, probably like three or four weeks ago, you know, like sure. I was appalled. I'm like, and I immediately called, you know, I run this super PAC. I'm starting to talk to people around Wisconsin. I immediately called some lawyers and I was like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, who's doing something? And apparently Law Forward are like, you know, we've had a lot of the guys on Law Forward on this podcast. Uh, you know, they filed a complaint that same, like the day later to the Wisconsin Elections Commission and to uh, the, uh, the the DA in, in Milwaukee County. And, and that nothing happened with that for an entire year. Um, so that was appalling to me. I mean, it's not appalling that Wisconsin Elections Commission wouldn't do anything because it's that's the it, commission was created to fail with three Republicans and three Democrats on the board. So obviously nothing's going to get done in that body. But the fact that nothing's happening still about with these electors was crazy to me. So um, the question I have for you is, I'm very worried that Merrick Garland isn't doing stuff here. Like, I, I it, it, as a normal, not really political, I'm political, but I'm not like, I don't know anything any, any more than any other average citizen does. Like, to me, I need some reassurance from Merrick Garland that not only is he, you know, looking at these fraudulent electors, but I just want to hear a lot more from him, period, yeah. about everything going on that went, that went haywire and illegal between January 6th and all the states that are doing stuff. So I'm hoping that you can give us kind of the federal viewpoint of maybe you know something more than we do with Merrick, what's up with Merrick Garland. Well, hopefully this helps a little bit. The Department of Justice recently said they are investigating, but of course that means they can't talk about it, but um, they at least acknowledge that and that's uh, important. But you know what I've noticed going from local government, I've served on the county board, to state government where Pat knows this well, things were a little slower than they were getting things done at the local level. To going to federal, you take this exponential jump of, uh, you know, sloths watch us and go, why is Congress so slow? Um, it's just <laughs> part of the federal government problem, right? How things operate. So, you know, one, I hope the attorney general just is more aggressive, period. I agree with that statement. But two, I understand why things go slower. But in this case, we have an election coming up and people have to have that certainty that their vote will count. Otherwise, you will be doing the work they wanted to anyway by suppressing the vote. Well, and I mean, living in Wisconsin under Walker and looking at the effect, the things that seem like fringe, ridiculous um, mishaps that would never be taken seriously elsewhere actually fly here. And what I'm finding is that there's this morale um, that we're so beaten down and used to the shenanigans is a word I, I find myself using often that it's like, well, it's another day in, in politics. And so we're really looking for someone to be the North Star and show leadership and say, no, this is wrong. This is illegal. You don't get to fake electors. Um, but I can imagine it's a difficult balancing act um, from a prosecutorial standpoint because you don't want to validate these people or empower them like they actually did something powerful. Um, but yeah, Congressman, what, what can you tell us um, in terms of 
the idea that this is just politics and, you know, cheating to win is part of the game and politics are dirty and we should just accept it, that this is just the way life has to be. Yeah, well, I, and there are many people in Rudy Giuliani's family who would like you to think just that. Um, but here's the reality on the Wisconsin situation that I think is even more significant. Seven states submitted false, fake, forged, whatever you want to use, electors. Five of them, including Wisconsin, outright lied. But two other states actually put in the language a little wink, wink, like we know that we may not count, but if we do count us, Wisconsin didn't. We broke the law in every way possible. Even Michael Gableman could figure this one out with a couple months time. Uh, so, you know, if, if that could happen, uh, certainly there needs to be some prosecutions to make sure that this doesn't ever happen again. You can't just use shady legal practices to try to do an insurrection. That's no different than what happened on 1-6. And we have to call it out as that and go after the people who broke the law. Well, and, you know, as a follow up to that, as an attorney, you know, we have an ethical obligation to not file frivolous anything or to be dishonest. So I'm wondering why more people aren't losing their bar cards over this. Yeah, I mean, this Department of Justice should whatever actions they decide to take, that's what they should uh, do. But they do need to do something. And, you know, I think really to Kirk's question has been my normal frustration with Washington. We just, you know, everything in Washington is, is slower. It's like there's a different gravitational pull of how we operate. And that's frustrating to those of us on the ground here back home going, look, we had people who lied in Wisconsin. Someone has to do something about it. All right. So Congressman of Cook I'm, I'm as good a Democrat as anybody, and I'm definitely not going to uh, lambast Attorney General Josh Call on this program. Um, but I, I did hear that uh, the Michigan Attorney General said something to the effect that there's not double jeopardy by bringing these uh, fraudulent electors to court in a state for in a state prosecutorial you know situation and at the federal level so um i'm starting to publicly and nicely push attorney general call to to take action on this because i think you know he needs to well unlike uh some i'm not a lawyer so i can't speak to the legal merits what i can tell you is michigan was unique in that one of their false electors has said the Trump campaign came to us and asked us to do this. So right. their situation might be slightly different. Again, I don't know the legal ramifications of that, but I agree. I think there could be multiple jurisdictions uh, looking at this. But you know, in Wisconsin, um, we quietly, secretively uh, broke the law, uh, apparently, the 10 electors, and they're smart enough not to say who, who told them to do it, and they're doing their best to not uh, be prosecuted. Uh, all the more reason I hope someone prosecutes them. And, and I think that the uh, the waffling of language in, in Pennsylvania and one of the other states, I, I think that that actually, uh, you know, damns the folks in Wisconsin and elsewhere because you you now have this realization from some of the co-conspirators that, you know, we, we might actually get pinched on this. So we're going to couch our language. And I, I think uh, it, it just goes to show an, an awareness of what was going on. And I, I definitely um, agree with the sentiment expressed here that uh, while uh, a lot of times the, the arc uh, bends toward justice, um, it doesn't bend by itself. It needs, right. you know, it needs action. <laughs> it needs activity from, from people. And that the, the silence of Merrick Garland and John Chisholm in, in Milwaukee and others, um, they may be working so hard, but, and this gets me to my next question here, we know if, for whatever reason, the shoe were on the other foot. Man, we'd be hearing about this 
every day. And we'd be hearing it directly from, you know, Bill Barr or, who, you know, what, whatever, you know, puppet is, is in the next Republican White House. Um, and so that's what I want to ask you about, Congressman, is, is let's, let's get past this November and let's, let's assume a scenario where Governor Evers uh, loses and the legislature is still in Republican hands and President Biden is dealing with a fully Republican Congress. Um, what's that going to look like? And it's not that we want you to scare our audience, but if, if your audience right now were Merrick Garland and, and some of the other folks, yeah. what would you remind them about, you know, the early days of 2023? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, first of all, you know, Michael Gableman would actually get a bigger office and maybe a bigger gas car too, right? <laughs> yes. um, you know, for that clown car of, a, of an you know, investigation he's doing. They absolutely would keep that kind of thing going on, right? They would have all kinds of crackpot cases. They would do more to suppress the vote um, in Wisconsin to make it even harder for people in 2024 to be heard. And they may actually put a law, don't forget, a Republican introduced a bill in the legislature to overturn the electors now, a year later in Wisconsin. I mean, this is like not just drinking Kool-Aid, this is swimming in Kool-Aid, right? These guys are doing full dives and not coming up for air. So we've got to do something to make sure that we're protecting the election, especially in a place where we have gerrymandered legislature like we do in Wisconsin. And that means federal prosecutors, state prosecutors, county prosecutors should all be looking at how they can use their roles to make sure this never happens again. All right, Congressman, I want to pivot. We've got about four minutes till the break. Um, I mean, I can't imagine being in your shoes right now. I think I think I read in maybe Obama's biography that Pelosi was on record saying, uh, Congressman Pelosi said, you know, uh, Bill, uh, you know, the Senate is where bills go to die. Um, and so uh, you guys passed uh, both the voting rights uh, legislative bills. I can't remember exactly what their names are. Um, you know, I'm I've been writing constantly about about um, cinema and mansion, just letting the Democratic Party down. Um, man, how are you feeling? Uh, how are you feeling about the ability for? I mean, you must be going crazy. I just wanted to get your personal <laughs> thoughts on what's going on. Well, thank you for recognizing that I sometimes am crazy. Um, but uh, <laughs> here's the part that I think everyone should really know. This is all about the problem with this arcane procedure called the filibuster that was never given to us by our founding fathers. It came decades later because they realized they had no way to stop debate in the Senate. And then over the decades after that, it changed and changed and changed. And don't forget, it was used for all these Jim Crow laws to block people's access to vote in the 50s. This is something that has changed many times. Just this fall, Republicans let, gave it up so that we could get some things done that we had to do you know, basic kind of government financing, funding military contractors. Um, and yet now it's sacrosanct. So for anyone, any Democratic senator to give up something as important and core, not to Democratic with a capital D values, but Democratic with a small D values like voting is not listening to their constituents and they're not looking at history. So, you know, we do have to make this an absolute priority. 500 laws have been introduced in 49 states to make it harder for people to vote, including Wisconsin. 34 of those laws have passed in 19 states. If we don't do something at the federal level, which means you have to do something about the filibuster, we will have more of these gerrymandered states like Wisconsin pass these laws. And if they don't happen to have a Tony Evers, they'll actually become law. So, you know, I, I hate to be the devil's advocate of the segment here, but 
what what do you tell people? There seems to be this tolerance for cheating in politics that we don't see in professional sports even. Um, and so it's the, well, it's my team that's cheating. So meh, who cares? And how do we get someone to abandon their party and a lot of times their identity because of identity politics to do the right thing here and fight for this democracy or democratic republic, however you want to describe it? Yeah, the difficulty is the Republican Party is no longer an ideological founded political party. They're a cult of an individual, Donald Trump. Uh, they all do whatever he says. Don't forget in the last Republican convention uh, for president, there was no Republican Party platform. They gave it up because it's whatever Donald Trump said. That's what cults do. That's not what political parties do. And if you step out of that, like Kathy Bernier, uh, she winds up not running again. You step out like Jim Steinecke, and he's not running again. Um, you know, Donald Trump is a mafia don, and he would make mo most mafia dons blush in how he operates because he will destroy you in a Republican primary where that crazy voters, that, mm -hmm. that smaller contingent that still believe in Donald Trump, yeah. are a, a majority within that caucus. So he threatens people, and that's how he gets away with it. And and Congressman, we appreciate that you're carrying on that fight as best you can. Mark Brocan, thanks again for joining us. It was a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. We'll be back with more after this. You're up north. Uh, Bob Dylan had a song about lying liars as well. So welcome back to The Cabin. This is the Up North Podcast. I'm Pat Kreitlow, along with Kirk Bankstead and Sarah Yacoub. And uh, yeah, lying liars is our, our theme this week. Uh, we talked to Mark Pocan just a minute ago about the fraudulent electors. And now we're going to take it to the legislative level and uh, the folks who, again, continue to tell outright lies about what's happening with the integrity of our elections and uh, uh, you know, the, the security of their vote. So our next guest is a friend of the show and a friend of mine, and he needs friends after working hours because his days are filled dealing with an unending supply of attacks on voters' rights, election integrity, and, you know, well, basically the truth, Sarah. State Senator Jeff Smith from the Eau Claire area serves on the Senate Elections Committee. Nice to have you here. Welcome. I'm so pleased to be here with old friends and, uh, and uh, able to talk the truth. <laughs> I, I have, um, you know, that I, I haven't been inside the Capitol for a long time. Uh, you uh, continue to to work in there. And we, when we served together, um, you know, one of the things that grounded all of us, uh, well, most of us, was the ability to treat one another with, with some civility um, and some personality. And I, I got to tell you, Jeff, listening to uh, some of the assembly floor debate yesterday, um, we, we always knew there was a, a difference between the Senate and the assembly simply because the one is so much bigger and there's so much more opportunity for colorful personalities to get in there. But Jeff, I got to imagine it, it is just not as collegial a place that this isn't just playing up for the cameras. This is, this is, a, this is a hard place to be these days. And Pat, I, I think it's okay in this venue to say that Pat and I, we made sure that we were visiting uh, places after hours around the square and finding um, people that we were able to communicate with 
from the other side of the aisle. You could not get away from it if you went around the square and went to the restaurants and and taverns and uh, and 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 got into those conversations. And what I and why I've even more recently thought about this, Pat. It really, it's funny you'd bring this up because I I realize now how important that really was. There is no respect because you don't have to get to know someone at that level of humanity um, that we we used to be able to do when you and I served together. Well, I think a big part of that was that we were, again, these were the old district lines. And so there were many more swing districts. And so it was it was a good thing to show the voters back home that you were willing to work across the aisle because you never knew if control was going to switch and suddenly you were going to be in the minority party. And if you wanted to get something done, you'd better have a good relationship with the majority party. But ever since the, the gerrymandering with so many Republicans secure in their seats, there, there isn't that need. But let me direct it uh, to, to the elections committee itself, um, where, again, you're plenty busy and we could hit up a lot of issues. But to me, the overarching thing I want to ask you about first is the willingness of... Um, of the folks running the elections committees and just the the caucuses overall in both chambers to bring in an unending line a, a clown car it's been said already of people who claim to be experts when we've got experts at the at the state elections commission that they're they're not working with what tell folks more about that what what I, I will go ahead and say is a dog and pony show but you actually have a front row seat to it <laughs> yeah, and it all started, uh, you know, almost a year ago with that first hearing where uh, it was a joint hearing from both Assembly and Senate. And we, we walked out. We, uh, as Democrats, of course, by the way, when we say we walked out, I was the only one there in, in person. The rest of my colleagues were virtual, but we demonstrated a walkout saying this is, this is, um, it, it's it's ridiculous. It was a number number of lies, and they and their guests that they invited as speakers, like you just mentioned, Pat, were not experts. Uh, they were they were uh, conspiracy theorists on top of conspiracy theorists, and it and it's embarrassing to to uh, be in a place like that and and uh, sitting in a place like that listening to that over and over so uh, we have experienced uh, some real craziness going on there well especially with each one carrying a brand new pillow uh, that's that's you know you, you don't who thought a pillow salesman would have such sway these days kirk <laughs> so um uh, pat you you jumped right into this and i don't think some of our listeners know exactly what all of this means uh we're talking about uh, perpetuating the the big lie that that trump won the election perpetuating the falsehoods that there that there was uh that that wisconsin's elections were rigged um and and and, and jeff you're part of what's this committee that what's the here what are these hearings all about why are we having hearings right now so we have we have uh, you know committees in, in both houses so this is elections committee um, in some cases, it's called Elections Reform Committee, but it was it is the committees where any um, any legislation referring to how elections are run and how they should be handled. But most of the time, before this all this broke out and craziness, it was basically just to be sure that we uh, that we were 
a part of the process and understood the process, but now I don't feel like um, the majority party wants to understand the process. They just want to um, hinder the process. Okay. So, oh, so, um, so these this dog and pony show is happening. That we're we're they're bringing in uh, people that have nothing to do with the election system or or, or not experts. Um, how does it make you feel as a senator in Wisconsin to know that 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 you know your colleagues on the other side are are like completely lying or are in the twilight zone or you know are, are, are saying the world is upside down when the world is right side up i mean how does it make you feel as a wisconsinite and as a as an elected representative of the state well kirk it's even worse than that as a citizen as someone who has to leave behind for the next generations a democracy and shambles it makes me it makes me uh, despair sometimes it, it i'm I, i'm pretty disgusted uh, and, and one of the reasons is, is because I truly believe that the majority party members who are either silent so that they're enablers that way, or are actually mar marching out with the beat of the drum on this stuff and, and hitting it all the time. My, my concern is that they think they know it's, they know it's wrong but they think it won't do any harm. It's just gonna win elections for them. It's just going to put them in a good place to, to keep their positions that they have. And that bothers me, that they don't think that this is damaging. This is, this is very, very damaging to our elections and our, and our democracy moving forward. Senator, what do people do? I mean, we're sitting back, we're watching this. Um, it's, you know, as we're all fighting off the sense of learned helplessness, uh, you know, what advice do you have for people who see it, who understand it, and are, are just going mad trying to do something about it? You can't feel helpless, Sarah. That's the thing. We cannot let people feel like they're helpless. Uh, there's, a, there's a meme I just shared on Facebook that said, hey, if your vote didn't count so much, why would they be working so hard to, to suppress it? Because your vote does matter. Every vote, and we have to keep hammering that point home to everyone. Don't sit it out. It is so, if it hasn't demonstrated now how important your vote is, it never will. This, this is uh, right down to the courts, right? It is so important that people show up. Jeff, that, that's, um, that's very hopeful. And, and you are perhaps the most optimistic man that I've ever met. Um, and I, I say that with only a, you know, a, a small truckload of sarcasm, but you have these moments where you are, you are definitely uh, still glass half full on the values that make, you know, democracy work, no matter what part of the political spectrum you're from. And to that end, you received some, some nice national press uh, about a week ago in Washington Monthly. And it was uh, written by somebody who's been studying you know, uh, one of the many species that are going extinct in our world with the climate changing. And in this case, it, it's the species of the rural Democrat uh, as the political climate is changing. But you are one of those who stands out because uh, you do something that is uh, becoming, again, a rare commodity. You, ju you just go find a place to s sit around and 
believe this, he listens. He just goes out and listens to people. <laughs> Jeff, what's tell people what you do that is so novel in the year 2022. I listen. I think you're right. That is now. I, I know that everyone says they listen. And you got, I will, you got and the I pickup honestly, truck to prove it, you know? Yeah. And, but I honestly tell people listening is not a natural thing to do. I had to learn to listen and I'm still learning how to be a better listener. But when you force yourself out there like I do and invite anyone to stop and talk to me uh, at my truck with the big sign that just says stop and talk to your state senator. Um, and it, most people who talk are not uh, people of the same political persuasion. You learn right away that it's best to just listen and you learn a lot. And then you get a chance when an opening occurs to uh, help them listen as well. And, it, and it, it's really it's really been great. And by the way, that article was like a two-year uh, project that the author set out on and and talked to a lot of legislators and had us on Zooms together. It was it was a great process. So I'm just fortunate that he chose me to feature in that article. So, Jeff, obviously, you know this podcast is all about trying to bring this news of the state. Uh, with through a progressive lens up up north up to where you represent up to where where I live up to where Sarah lives that's why we got three hosts from not Madison or Milwaukee here um, you know we all I'm you know I, I rack my brain daily trying to figure out how to change people's minds up north Pat just said we, we're losing the rural Democrat um, I rack my brains daily on saying how do I convince these people to to believe that Tom Tiffany is lying, that Ron Johnson's lying, that Rob Swearingen's lying about PFAS. You know, like, how do I convince people that, that these guys are not in it for the good of Wisconsin? They're in it for power and money. And, how, you know, I, I need some help. I don't know if I'm doing it the right way. I'm trying, but how do you convince people? You know? Jeez, uh, Kirk, I, 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 that is a really that is a really big good question. That's a big big question. I think everyone's uh, everyone finds a different way, and I'm not so I can't preach and say that you all ought to get a truck and you ought to put a big sign on there and you ought to stand <laughs> out there as a target because that's what I become. I become a target. And if you looked at that article, this is this is an example. The article is ready to go, and I couldn't produce the high resolution pictures that they wanted uh, to use for that article. So I, I, frust I was frustrated about it. They were gonna send a photographer even from Washington. I said, no, 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 you can't be sure I'm going to have a good conversation when that photographer is here. So I actually had to um, dig up somebody who I'd spoken to before. I want to be legitimate. So that, uh, that picture, if you see that picture with that article, that is a gentleman who actually stopped to talk to me and now has, this would have been the third time now, but the two legitimate times he stopped to talk to me, he's a Republican. He's voted Republican his whole life. And he, I figured he's the perfect example that I wanted to be sure was in that article because he has been frustrated um, by the things that he cares about that aren't getting done. And he wanted to know why they're not getting done. And he understood as we had conversations, now we've had multiple conversations, and he's gone back to his Republican 
uh, representatives that he has that he has voted for. And he's come back to me and said, you know what, I'm done voting for them because they're not listening to me like you're listening to me. Mm-hmm. That's the big key. And they and he now understands that they are they have the power because they're in the majority, but we have to change that. And he now he understands that. And I'm hoping more and more people begin to understand that. Well, and getting people past that talking point. I mean, Robin Voss sure knows how to deploy the talking points that sure sound good and they convince people, but then if you look under the hood you see that you don't actually have a car engine in there and you don't have a functioning government. Um, But I I see reason to hope, you know, up in the 30th assembly district, we've been trending blue. Uh, We've been solidly purple. And, you know, it looks like we're getting an influx of people who know what competent government is. And so where I come from um, out my SoCal days, Republican wasn't synonymous with dumb. Um, it was just a different way of looking at things, but there was an expectation of competent government. Some of my favorite judges and prosecutors are actually Republicans, um, but it, it seems to take a different breed um, of politics out here. So yeah, Senator, I, I see reason to hope um, that as we get more people who are going, wait a minute, you know, what happens when I push past that talking point are you really serving the people that will start to see some change? And I think you just hit on something, sir. I got a quick say, come say is that they're not dumb. And we have we can't talk to people like they're dumb just because they don't believe what, they believe maybe what we think are lies, they are lies, um, doesn't mean they're dumb. Right. They're misled, they're misinformed. They wanna believe certain things because it feels like it's, it fits their narrative we have to be understanding is what we have to be. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, I, I can't think of a better example than you of somebody that, uh, that I certainly enjoy talking to. And we appreciate you being here to share some of the frustrations of being on the elections committee, but then also some of the, uh, the signs of hope that are out there, Jeff. Jeff Smith, thank you so much, Senator. Always nice to see you. Thank you. All right. We'll be back to wrap up the show in just a moment. You're up North. They're all fakes up to your mansions. Hey, before we go, we want to thank our hosts at News Talk 92.7, home of the Devil Radio app, where you can listen to the show on demand. On weekends, you can catch us on our website, upnorthpodcast.com, and all the usual places where you subscribe to podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube by searching Up North Podcast, and you can find the video version on the Facebook page of the Monaco Brewing Company. And I was foolish enough, Kirk, to read the comments under last week's show earlier today. <laughs> um, I wish I would have saved a couple of them, kind of like mean tweets. We're going to read some of those comments in a, in a future show. Um, Did- if you if you want to email us, info at upnorthpodcast.com, and you can find the work that I do on a daily basis over at upnorthnewswi.com or search upnorthnewswi on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So that's that's a funny aside because, um, yeah, you welcome to my world, Pat. Like, <laughs> I mean, like you put I, those up and you you respond to a lot of them. And I mean, not the worst of them, but some of them that deserve a, a response. Like, you know, I can't believe a business is is doing politics, and the response is like, "Have you met us?" <laughs> or something like that. So. <laughs> I like that you're not afraid to to you know kind of engage a bit, but not well, you know ridiculously. So it, it, so it does it does wear me down, like having to battle trolls like every day, because basically my company's like on Facebook. I mean, like that's how we got a lot of followers. That people buy beer when I say this, the beers at this store. So I know that I gotta live on Facebook in order to have my business be successful. But 
it, it means you got to go surfing in Costa Rica every now and then because like it, it wears you down when you have like tons of Trumpers like just just digging and they digging never get tired every day. They never get tired. They never run out of, uh, you know, <laughs> keyboard space. They never but, do. But then we, you know, again, Facebook is not a natural activity for humans. And it's, it is a, it is the, the, the tool or the, the platform that we have in this day and age. But like we would tell any, any of our kids, put it down and go outside now and then. And even, even in the dead of winter, you know, people are, are going outside and Kirk, you were telling me the, you know, the thing that you've been seeing most ironically in your Facebook feed, but is, is a great outdoor activity in Eagle river. Yeah. So I like this last segment and we don't got a ton of time, but there's two things that I want to mention for the hometown folks in Monaco and Eagle river. One is this ice castle in Eagle river is pretty freaking awesome. It's worth going to people are that's, that's our way to get out of the doldrums is to go to the ice castle. It's just a really beautiful thing that, that the firefighters put up. And then we got a local hometown here. His name is Kevin Bolger. He is uh, from Monaco, and he just made the U.S. Olympic team for cross-country skiing. Awesome. So a town of like 8,000 people, we got an Olympic athlete in Monaco, and so I wanted to shout out uh, Kevin Bolger's name. Yeah. And then on your way back down, swing through Osceola and hit up Trollhagen. I uh, just recently discovered it through Wisconsin's Learn to Ski and Snowboard Week, so I dusted the... Uh, dust off of my old ballet muscles and got myself up on a snowboard and it was wonderful their trainers are fantastic their bunny slopes are very forgiving uh and they've got just a great setup and i recommend it to anyone you know you're taking me back to my early radio days uh up in rice lake at waqe and uh part of what we what got us through the winters uh, a lot of people went to trollhagen or, or christie mountain or some of these other places and so my job, uh, this was my first job out of college, was every Friday early afternoon to call to all these ski areas, and they would put on their best thing, like, oh, it's a great weekend to be here, and we've got 12 to 18 inches of packed powder, and we're going to have, you know, this or that and the other thing. And I, I got to admit, I kind of I kind of miss that, you know, hearing just multiple voices from around Northwest Wisconsin saying, hey, here's the place where you want to be this weekend. Um that said, I never went to any of them. I've never skied a day in my life, but I, I'm glad for all the other people who do. Nice. So, um, so yeah, so I'm glad that, you know, we, it's up north podcast. Uh, we live up north. We, you know, we, we try to figure out a ways to get out of the doldrums of living in, in, in zero degree weather. And I'm glad we, we bring it back to happy stuff because it, we, 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 this, this whole show is, is uh, not been so happy. So I'm, I'm glad you forced that, Pat, by the way. <laughs> we look, we do this because we love living here. Yeah. Even in the most extreme weather, one way or the other, this is, this is the place we want to call home. And uh, we, we just want to make sure to highlight uh, the people and the activities that make it so great. So with that, it's time for us to go. So uh, thank you, Kirk. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks to our guests, Congressman Mark Pocan and State Senator Jeff Smith. And thank you for joining us at the cabin. Come on back up north next week. Oh,